And uh, I let him go close, and then I sent it super hard at the end to break him a little bit, and uh, we ended up doing that to get the win. That's authority. Like, that's, that's that type of attitude that I say, like, if I'm Hunter Lawrence and why he's going to be a bigger threat, because you don't hear that. I mean, shoot, I don't really hear anybody outside of, like, Cooper Webb and RC and, and those type. Villapoto. This weekend when I watched Jet Lawrence, I actually felt like he could have been beat this weekend. This is our show. They're going to rename the team. It ain't going to be Honda. It's going to be Lawrence. The reason it's going to be that because that's all we do is win. What's up, guys? You know who it is. Your boy, JS7. And you know where we're at. We're at the Rewind Show back in Florida, back where we belong. Round two from Hangtown, 450-250 class. Had another one, bite the dust. We had Chase Sexton go out this weekend, which was a big blow to all already depleted 450 class. Would we see Cooper Webb, Dylan Ferrandez, AP step up? And then the 250 class... That class speaks for itself. Them boys are out of control with Yoshimoto. Finally, take a bitch out. Or would it be another Lawrence show? Let's find out because you know what we do. Let's get into it. This was putting in a fast lap. He's not happy about a rider that was in the line that he wanted. Or is he not happy about the bike? I don't know. I thought he threw a croissant somewhere. That <laughs> one of those guys. So coming in round two, Hangtown, um, the 250 class, I really felt like everybody raised the top 10. They came out with a win. I mean, even Justin Cooper, that second motor rode better. So I thought the weekend wasn't lost for him, even though he struggled the first. He came back second moto. So coming into Hangtown, I, I was looking forward to seeing, you know, how would Hunter um, continue his dominance? Would he ride and basically do what he did to second moto, except for the first moto with Danger Boy at second place, Tom Bial, Max Bolin, all those guys coming in this weekend, I felt like had something to race with. And they seemed pretty excited going into it. So looking at the track, I know it was a lot drier. It was, it was, um, they prepped it so it wouldn't be as deep. So it was going to be more of a, a choppy racetrack, like the old school, traditional, uh, blue groove hang town. And the fact that it was 90 degrees this weekend, um, it was the first hot race of the year. So that 250 class was loaded. Everybody's still there. Joe Shimoto coming back up. And then if you look at the top three, Hunter Lawrence did exactly what he did last weekend. Felt like he rode better. He looked more confident, but he moved his way up um, into third place. And in the second moto, he just got a better start and just rode like he did last weekend. So for him, the the parity in this class, it, the field's so deep that it takes an RJ where he can win a first moto and then get like 11. I know he crashed like three times, but even RJ, he got like 5-5 five, five this weekend or he just kind of there. It, I feel like with Hunter, those thirds are really like a second, you know, um, you know, if he just stays on a box and then wins one moto, I think the gap of everybody else, he'll just be able to build points. That being said, Justin Cooper rode a little bit better this weekend. He just looked more racy, um, more comfortable comfortable especially that second moto his problem was that that pesky rookie that danger boy is starting to feel his confidence and besides hunter lawrence maybe rj and justin cooper danger boy is starting to get to that point to where if he's outside the top five it's a bad moto like it's going to be a bad moto and i say that because the way he was riding that first moto and i even said on the broadcast justin cooper 
which we'll talk about him in a second, but Justin Cooper only caught Hayden when Hayden messed up. So on lap times wise, they might be pretty similar. And at the race, it probably was really close, but that performance of what Hayden did was way more dominant than it actually came out. And he's young. This is his fourth race total in in, an outdoors to last year. And they both went a little suspect and then coming into this year. So you got to expect him to get nervous, you know, come out there and lead a, lead a race. And it's the typical young person. I did it. Usually guys, when they lead a race for the first time, they come out, they hold shot. You throw the big Caroli turn down for what up on the first jump, which Hayden did. And then all of a sudden you look up one lap, you got like a three second lead because you just black out, like you just wide open. And that's what Hayden did. Dude came out, he was like hit, turned down and just wide open. Then he realizes like, damn, I just pulled away from these guys. And then that race stabilized. Then Cooper was able to close back up and it stabilized. Then I, I said, you, as um, when you're doing this for the first time, there's breaking points in that race. If Cooper was able to close in all the way up on Hayden in those first three, four laps after Hayden blew the doors off and then realized he was out front, if Cooper was able to close up, it would have changed that whole landscape of the race because now the rookie would have been like, damn, all right, I don't know what to do. But since Cooper closed up, but he still had that two-second gap, it allowed Hayden to calm down. And then he kind of stretched it back out, and then it stayed the same. And then at that point, Hayden, once the race kept going, then you start thinking, dang, I can really uh, win this thing. Because I believe Hayden's in shape. I haven't seen him fade in a Supercross. I haven't seen him fade outdoors. So I really wasn't worried about him being tired, even though it was hot. It's just more the pressure of being able to do it. And so you just saw there were some nervous moments. He looked back. Every time he looked back, he would make a mistake. He'd get caught up with a lapper and just make you nervous. Uh, but he was able to do it. And so my point was, is that his speed was in that gap and the way he looked, besides the mistakes, that race was dominant. I believe Hayden's race was even more dominant than even the Jet Lawrence type. You know, that race shouldn't have been that close. And the only reason it was because he made mistakes. So I think for him being able to capitalize that and just seeing this kid's attitude and the fact that I think the more people, you know, doubt him, the more if somebody came in and roughed him up and the more he feels he's going to get even better because he's that type like that Cooper Webb, like just let me find motivation. Don't mess with me. I'm going to get this. And so allowing him to get confidence, it's only going to be, um, uh, it's going to be way better for him. But it's, I think at the end of the year, if he keeps rolling this pace, then him and Hunter Lawrence are going to be going at it. They're going to go at it. And out of all the people in this field, I think Hayden has the right attitude to actually uh, tackle uh, Hunter Lawrence. Joe Shimoda might be faster than Hayden, maybe. Uh, you know, might have more experience. And coming in, you would just say he would probably have the like more likelihood of being a title threat. But I don't know if um, Joe has that confidence that Hayden does right now and that anger that Hayden does right now that I'll die at all costs to go win. And even Justin Cooper is Cooper probably is a better rider at this point than Hayden. He clearly is faster when he gets everything right. But he's so dependent on that start. And there's so many other things that can just throw him off that I watched Hayden grow this weekend, especially in that second moto. And the reason I feel like he probably will be the biggest threat to Hunter, um, and they're probably the reason why if he doesn't end up doing that is because he's so young that he's going to make mistakes. And it's just different being there. But his mentality, and what I saw him do this second moto, 
the fact that like it was a struggle he made mistakes people was in his way he passed a guy then he make a mistake they go back past him and that he didn't get flustered I watched that kid grow this weekend and it just showed me that he's in it for the long haul and that's why I said uh, outside the top five for him will be a bad moto if you look at the way he's trending he he struggled at Paula that first moto like how we thought Justin Cooper struggled, you know, getting um, Hayden ended up sixth at, um, at Paula the first moto. Justin Cooper ended up fifth. But we were like, man, what happened to him? What happened? Hayden's going to be in that position here really soon if he ain't already there. And so for him to be able to calm down and mosey his way back up there to end up getting podium and not like blow it up tells me that this kid's learning and that this kid is strong mentally. And so I, I think Hunter Lawrence probably knows that the kid has speed. He just got time on him. Hunter has time. He just knows how to do this, and Hayden's figuring it out as the uh, as a way. But compared to Joe Shimoda, uh, Justin Cooper, and all these other guys, they're watching this 17-year-old just learn and do things that they haven't able, been able to do so far in their career and do it quickly. So not only is he was able to hold off Justin Cooper, which I was kind of like disappointed in the sense, like with Justin on the on the podium, like. I mean, lie, just lie. He'd be like, ah, oh, man, the tire. Because he actually looked like he struggled with tire. And and we'll, I'm going to talk about him next. But I would have just been like, no, nah, I just something else happened. Like, I wouldn't have went up there and be like, ah, oh, I tried. The kid just died. Just better, essentially. Like, he just owned me. It's impressive, man. He's, he's good. So, uh, yeah, we started one, two. And, uh, yeah, I was content with that. Good start. And, uh Pacing off him, I'm, I managed to uh, get a gap on the guys behind me. So, uh, yeah, Hunter was coming there at the end and uh, made a few pushes towards Hayden. He made a couple mistakes, but, uh, yeah, ultimately he uh, he stayed solid and uh, didn't fade at all. So. And even with Hayden, what he said on that podium, he's like, oh, um, I, I wanted to break him. Like, I break him. Um, yeah, I was just saving a little, and I knew at the end, I knew Justin's going to try and put a charge on, and uh, I let him go close, and then I sent it super hard at the end to break him a little bit, and uh, we ended up doing that to get the win. That's authority. Like, that's that's that type of attitude that I say, like, if I'm Hunter Lawrence and why he's going to be a bigger threat, because you don't hear that. I mean, shoot, I don't really hear anybody outside of, like, Cooper Webb and RC and, and those type, Villapoto, like, they, they have that mindset, like, no, I'm a... I'm going to break this dude because I don't want him thinking that he has any chance. And that's what the kid said. And that's what it looked like. And that's why uh, Cooper was up there like, ah, yeah, he broke me. Call the chiropractor. I need to be fixed back up. So overall, I thought Hayden rode awesome. I was more impressed even with that second moto, even though he didn't win. I was more impressed because I already knew the kid had speed. And just watching him, I knew he was going to win eventually. But what he did at that second moto just made us, and we should be happy as fans that, Look, there's there's another little demon being brought out because I'm feeling dangerous. He's feeling dangerous and it might get dangerous for everybody. So great job, Hayden. That was awesome. Justin Cooper. I was actually on and I'm still in. I'm still in on, on the Justin Cooper bandwagon because the kid's fast. Kid's fast. I mean, he wrote he real good second moto. He kept Hunter there. But as I said with Joe Shimoda. I need to see, like, as good as Justin Cooper is, it doesn't make sense why he doesn't pass people. It doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense why he's so dependent on starts. And it doesn't make sense, like, how that fluctuation in practice. But then I think, and I listen to him, and I watch him ride, 
things that don't make sense make sense. He struggles because he's, I wouldn't say he's a nice guy because maybe he is a super nice guy. Maybe, um, maybe a super nice guy, you know, don't, don't kill a fly. I don't know. But just his attitude and what he said on that podium, the fact that he didn't lie. Lie. And I'm not saying I like liars because I don't. But you know what I mean? Like you just don't get up there and be like, no, I, I just owned it. And I'm, all, I'm a guy that loves, you know, riders telling the truth. But sometimes the truth, the truth is, is like you don't need to hear that up on the podium. Like that's, that only makes it harder for you. You know, as fans are like, oh, we want to hear the truth. No, you don't. You don't want to hear all that. You don't want to hear this guy. What if he just came up there and be like, nah, second moto, damn, I'm tired. Oh, nah, I'm, I'm, I got no chance. I'm never going to beat this good. Like what if that was the case? What if that's the case? In, in fact, like sometimes we hear some of the other riders, some of our favorite riders, you just feel like, damn, they just keep saying this excuse. He's probably just telling you the truth. So there's a fine line of as much as we want to hear that maybe we just don't want to hear. But back to with Cooper, I hear him say that. And then I hear his um, team manager talk about starts. And then the fact that like, hey, we really have to dial in on the start. Everything has to be based on the start. In the 250 class, a start is super important. But it's important because that class is so even. It's so even. Everybody's around the same speed, except for Justin Cooper. Like when he's on in practice, like we were talking about Jet Lawrence. The reason why we think Jet Lawrence so dominant is because that practice lap time. Because if you look at the race, it ain't that difference. They're pretty close. We'll get in him soon. But Justin Cooper is faster than those guys. So he should be able to even get like a 10th place start and then make his way up because he has speed. But when he doesn't get a start and other things happen around, like he just kind of sits there. And my point is that first moto, he saw Hayden like making those mistakes. He never went any faster. I never saw Justin Cooper like out of control. In fact, Justin Cooper, I believe, wrote just like he did the first moto last weekend, the one that we said, what happened to him? I think he wrote exactly the same. And then a second moto, I think he wrote exactly the same this second moto as he did last weekend. A little bit better, a little bit more aggressive, but still just there. You know, he couldn't, when he caught up to um, Tom Vial, he couldn't really pass him. It was frustrating him. Then he fell over. Hunter was right there. Hunter broke him like Hayden did and then had that gap. And then Justin Cooper was right there. But this first moto, they pulled away from everybody else. So if he would have done that, if last weekend it would have been the same scenario as this weekend's first moto, I believe Justin Cooper would end up where he went. And my whole point of this is that because he gets up on the podium, says what he says, because he's so dependent on stars, and because those lap times fluctuate so much from practice to the race, it really makes you wonder if you ever got put in a situation where it was like Eli Tomac, Chase Sexton last next year. Like, I got to go out and do this. I've seen Hunter do that, and I feel like he would do that. You know, maybe he doesn't win. Maybe he doesn't ride as well, but I feel like he would be embracing that situation. And I, I saw Hayden. I feel like he would love that situation. But when you look at Justin Cooper, I don't know if he would flourish in that situation. Like, I, I really don't. Maybe he will, but just his attitude. And when you think about guys who are so dependent on starts, so dependent on things just being right, I think of guys who rock technique are really, like, really good. Like Damon Huffman, he's one of the situations I love Damon. I play golf with him. I think he has one of the best styles like ever. He was one of the guys back in the 90s that was 
generational, just like McGrath. Check it out. Check his riding style out. Huffman looks good today, like back then. But anyways, Kevin Windham, some of the Robbie Renard, motos that the guys come out and just blow your doors off out of the middle of nowhere and make it look easy. And then other motos, you, you kind of smack on them. Maybe they don't get a bad start and they just kind of finish there. Eli Tomac went through that for a while. And then all of a sudden, he became like gritty and then that wasn't a problem. And then he just got happy again. He it didn't deal. So when I look at Justin Cooper, I'm I just feel like that from the way he talks and all the situations. I would say Danger Boy is a better title threat than Cooper, even though Cooper has two seconds speed on most of these guys and has been clearly faster than Hunter at some points and even practice. Hayden hasn't done that. Hayden's been just as fast. He's won a moto and been threats, but he hasn't been like way faster when you look at him compared to Justin Cooper. But I would say, no, I would, I think I would take Hayden. And so if I'm Justin Cooper, when I reason I go like, man, I got to lie. I should lie is because I want you to get that. Like I, I want you to change that. The reason I was saying Joe Shimoda has to be more aggressive. Jeremy Martin has to be aggressive. And before I say that, damn, Jmar, I hope you get well, man. Damn, you got like a good start and you fall over. No fault of your own. They come in there. They fix the first corners up. It's loose. Trying to cut on the inside. Just happens. Throw your hand out. Run over it. Had mines in Texas that way back long, 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 long time ago. Has an S. No wrist looks good when it's a question mark. Get well soon. But the reason I was saying those guys need to do that is because it just changes their personality to when they go in this and they just got that more gritty, that Cooper Webb. That even Chase Sexton has it at some point. Those champions. Dylan Ferrandez has that at some points. We'll talk about him in a two. But Justin Cooper, as good as you are, I really feel like you have that speed. You have the endurance. You have the team. The only difference between you and your teammate is that he's talking about, I wanted to break you. And you saying, he broke me. I couldn't do nothing about it. So maybe things have changed. Maybe he'll ease his way into it. But this is a pattern that's been like that this whole his whole career, pretty much. And his team manager's talking about it. And I believe that tire that he chose, to me, it looked like he struggled on the racetrack. And part of the reason why he wasn't able to close up on Hayden is because he was sliding around. Like you think you go with that sand tire on the hard pack, like, yeah, it might help you off on the start, which it helped him out. But I don't think like he's not worried about the race. He's just worried about getting off on the start because he knows, look, I can't come up here. So my whole race is dictated on this start. I'm going to struggle on the racetrack. There's there's a fine line between doing that. I, I chose things that I, made me feel better. I was going to struggle, but it was also it wasn't dictated on if this has to happen. Otherwise, I'm riding around for 30 minutes. It's a waste of time. Like I got to have a backup plan. I feel like Justin Cooper has no backup plan once he gets a bad start. You know, things start going sideways. There's really no backup plan. He's just hanging out, um, just hanging on to it. So um, I'm not knocking Justin Cooper because I love his riding style and I think the kid's good, but he looks better. He looks like he's quiet. He has all the tools to be a bad, a bad mofo. Maybe he needs to get on that category where Jay says they need to take a bitch out. Let everybody know you're serious, but we'll find out. Maybe go out and 1-1 next weekend. Even if he does that, I'm still going to say the same thing until he takes a bitch out. But we'll see. Hunter Lawrence. I'm going to keep it simple, short. 
Hunter Lawrence doing exactly what he needs to do. Kids riding well. Kids riding awesome. He's getting conf- more confidence, even more confidence than, than he had in a Supercross. I think the fact is there's no East-West. His brother's gone. I think Hunter feels like he is the best overall. Maybe he's not as fast um, one lap and even in practice, but he has speed when he needs it. It looks pretty good. His technique is flawless. I thought he looked more comfortable than even his brother did coming up to the pack. Those guys are still racing him. They are still racing him, and they're racing him because they they still feel like, damn, like this is open. But I can tell you it's starting to close because the way he came up to the pack this weekend, just more authority, more confidence, and he knew he was only going to get the third place. He tried closing down, but the two guys in front of him, arguably the two fastest guys in that class, and the way that track was, just like last weekend, the, uh, the, the track prep and the way they did everything, like there is a limit that you can get on it. But Hunter Lawrence looked really good. Barely saw any mistakes. Just looked fluid. In the second moto, he did exactly what he did last weekend. Came out, broke him, bam, whatever you want to do. He knew what he had to do, hit it for a call. Bam! And that was it for Justin Cooper. And then he wrote it out. So Hunter Lawrence, I mean, hey, red plate, your brother's winning, you winning. I'm not gonna spend too much time on that. You know how good you are. So, but watch that dangerous kid. That he's gonna be your he's gonna be your problem. And the one thing I will say about uh, Danger Boy, the more you give those guys confidence, like Cooper Webb, it's not like he's gonna find like eight seconds a lap faster. He ain't gonna do that. But when they start feeling confident, then they start lining up next to you on the gate. Then they start you know running in on you. Then they they push a little harder in those first few laps. Then you gotta watch out when you go outside. A couple weeks ago, you can go outside. They start running it in. So I believe if Peyton keeps doing what he's going to do, not dirty at all, he's going to start racing you. He's going to actually start racing you in the threat to beat you like he did at Salt Lake that heat race. Reason he was so dominant on that, he, because he was getting better and he was feeling confident. And even he said it on the podium. He was like, I don't even know if dude was playing. I don't know. But that was a big feather in my cap. You see where this train's going? But right now, Hunter Lawrence, look. You the best. Your brother's riding out there throwing donuts. He ain't even throwing donuts. He looks mad when, he, when he's on the first one. He just business as usual. You come out here, it's hot as hell. Johnny right there, Osho doing what O'Shea does. You had your other teammate, he out. You know, he got smacked. He's like, look, it's just probably better because, look, it's just easier. This is our show. They're going to rename the team. It ain't going to be Honda. It's going to be Lawrence. The reason it's going to be that because that's all we do is win. I'm going to hold down my fort until I get up and race my brother next year, which is going to be banging, banging. If Hunter gets that little Hayden Deegan in there, oh, boy, brother's going to be going at it because they their styles are pretty damn good. And I might even say Hunter has a pretty good damn style. A little bit more. Jet has good too. But you know what you do. All you do is win. Like T-Pain or whatever that song is. All I do is win, win, win. And I make it look easy. And what you win, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of having to say it. I love saying it. I love saying it. Hit it for a call. Suntan. Next on fire. You getting like me, bro? You getting like me? They don't even give, they don't even give the flames out in 250. But look, you just do it. And you look good, kid. Love it. Love it. Keep it up. Sit out with you. And the rest of y'all cats, Joe Shimoda fell off a cliff. You see how hard that dude hit? He came out, he was like, damn, there's a lap rider. I should have just took him out. And then he fell off, like, oh, bam. I did the same thing. They be raising these corners up. Like, we going up an elevator. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Maybe it looks pretty. 
Looks like it rained, but it hadn't rained there in years. Jill came off that cliff, and it was like, fire East Coast is going far down. He hit that ground hard. He saw his fires. It was way down. He got up shook, but Joe did what he did. I want to give a shout-out to Jalik Swole. Kid, I'm pumped for you. I like what I see. After last weekend, you went down. We were like, damn, man. But you got back up. I said, when I saw you ride out, I was like, cool. And then you did that scrub, and you tried scrubbing, but it was wet out there. I mean, both wheels... You know, when you do scrubs, like you want them to like move, but both wheels went. Then he had that awkward freeness like Chase Sexton back in Thunder Valley where he just was like, ah, and then he fell. And then you're like, all right, right. Damn, there's a little kid in front of me. Little kid. I'm going to slide off there. The kid didn't even know. He's like, ah, ah. Then you get back on the track. But Jalik, you look good, kid. You look good. You were holding your own. I don't know how you ended up finishing. Maybe you got tired. Maybe you didn't, but. Jalik looked like he belonged. So keep it up, kid. Just want to give a shout out to him. Starts back to, I want to say one more point with Justin Cooper. We were talking about his, his tire. And it's a sand tire. And you would think for a hard grate, like if there's too much traction for what I understand, there's a lot of traction on that thing. You wouldn't want a sand tire, right? And if, if you look at that tire, I think they modified it. I think they cut it even more. So what they did was take that tire and they cut it and they, they want it to flex more so it gives them less traction going off the gate, I believe. So when he, when he takes off, instead of having a hard tire, even just that sand tire normal, he's going to have so much traction that the bike's probably going to bog. Or if he gives it more rev, it's probably going to loop out. But if you cut that tire in half, it's going to flex. So the thing's going to squat. There's going to be a delay before you take off. Well, if there's a small delay on that, that means you can get harder and be more aggressive off the throttle. I believe that's why he chose that tire, that particular tire, and also why he had it cut compared to just taking that tire and putting it on there. Because I don't think he's looking for traction. I think he's looking for less traction in a hard pack tire. The knobbies are too close together. That that compound is too hard. You can't can't get that thing to flex. So um, I just wanted to say that because we're talking about tires. But he's too dependent on that, too dependent on it. Once he's not so dependent on the start, then I believe Justin Cooper would change. But I looking at it on the racetrack, it looked like he struggled a lot on the racetrack. It was too hard. He could not cut out of the corners. And that's why I believe when he was riding behind Hayden Deegan, he just kept riding the same. Like Hayden was right there and he wanted to get there. But every time he tried doing it, it's because he couldn't make any, like Hayden had to really screw up for him to pass. He wouldn't be able to cut down. So that was it. Give a shout out Chance Hymas. He goes 18. Then he's up there. Those guys are dependent on stars. Those guys might need to go to the Justin Cooper program and get a start. Because look, I got 18th. I wrote the same. I got like fifth. I was running up there. That's a start because he's not much faster than anyone else. Justin Cooper's different. So that's enough for that 250 class. Now the 450. The reason we talked about 250 class is because the only reason we awake during the show is because of 250 class. I mean, all y'all at home, but then we use the 450 class to get knowledge. We just talk, have a chance to look at bikes. You got Dylan Frandis out there, Cooper Webb. They be trying so hard. They be riding. And they were closer this weekend. So you could say they got, what, there was like back 40 seconds last weekend. They improved this weekend. So next weekend, they should beat Jet by 30, right? Where they trending. I don't think that's going to happen. But the, two, the 450 class, Dylan Frandis. Now, I know every time you hear him, he's talking about his motorcycle. Every time you hear him, you feel like maybe he's making an excuse for his motorcycle. His bike don't look that bad to me. But 
the reason it don't look that bad and the fact that what he's saying, if you listen to him, he's worried about twitching. Bike moves a lot. He gets that tucking front. Well, this new generation Yamaha is built for, I would say it's a supercross bike. And there's a, I think there's a reason for that. Eli Tomac comes in and dominates on the Yamaha. It changes the way they look. Now Yamaha is one of the best bikes to ride. Everybody wants to ride it. And the average fan, I was talking to Wagon about this, the average fan or weekend warrior probably doesn't ride fast enough to really notice suspension or even put that bike in a, in a spot to where it's twitchy, you know, where it's like, dude, I can override this motorcycle. It can be twitchy. Average guy doesn't do that. Might be flundering around, but it's not like what these guys are talking about. So I believe Yamaha and most of these manufacturers, starting with KTM back in when they built Dungey's bike, they call it a Supercross version. They build this bike so it's for Supercross because no matter what, it's hard for maybe everyone to understand what it feels like to jump a triple. But everyone understands when a bike is on the podium getting neck burns, that thing just looks good. And so you look at these manufacturers, they talk about weight. It said the bike's lighter than ever. It turns better than ever. And then it's obviously fast. So when you listen to Dylan Frandis, he's talking about a bike that basically turns too much. And it's uncomfortable. It's the reason I ran 25 clamps. I wanted the thing to be slow. I wanted to make that transition. I wanted to turn it. And the same thing when you look at Eli Tomac this offseason, this Supercross season. What he, what he was afraid of, it was G-outs, the bike. When you get in G-outs, the bike doesn't get longer. It actually gets shorter. You know, thing gets twitchier. And so he's struggling in that. He struggled at the high-speed stuff. But those tight corners like Anaheim 1 and uh, tracks where it got really rutted, like uh, Seattle, dude was dominant, dominant, where he could pick a rut and jump and be nimble because the bike was nimble. He was good at that. Daytona struggled. A little bit. So Dylan Ferrandez is basically saying what Eli is saying outdoors. Is, is when you look at his motorcycle, does it look like that motorcycle is holding him back? No, it does not. It doesn't. But knowing the how important feel was to me and just knowing whatever the front end, make sure when the thing turns, it's not going to tuck on me. I know it is. Knowing that, and that's what he's saying, that motorcycle is holding him back. So, yes. Some people say, is he making excuses? Yes, he's making an excuse. He is making an excuse. But his excuse is legit. Like he's, It is legit. He does have a reason. And it's more of a feel for him of trust. And no rider, no rider, not Chase Sexton, not Jet Lawrence. Even Jet Lawrence ain't going to ride. If they don't know where the bike is and they don't trust it, they ain't going to go fast. So until they fix that, Dylan Frandon is going to begin beat by Jet Lawrence. He's going to keep getting beat by him because he's got to get a trust on that. Eli Tomac decided, I'm getting eighth this weekend because he don't trust it. And I'm not saying that Yamaha is a bad bike because a bad bike for these guys might be a great motorcycle for you. And I believe Yamaha is a great motorcycle. It is. It is a great motorcycle. Even though they build it for Supercross, it's probably a great motorcycle for the average fan to ride at home because they're not going to find those spots that these guys are. Um, so Dylan Frandis. He looked better. He looked like he did last weekend. His fitness, when I looked at him, he looked actually one of the most um, fittest guys, I would say, even Jet Lawrence. Like, he wasn't breathing hard. He wasn't doing anything. Dylan looked pretty good. So I don't think it's that. But I did notice, like, he did say he couldn't ride this weekend, or I heard it somewhere. 
if you said on broadcast or I found out what we do on the inside scoop that he couldn't ride. And it wasn't because he was tired. He was because he was holding on. And I just know with him, it's not an excuse. He's making an excuse, but the excuse is authentic. And until they fix that, he's going to struggle. Eli Tomac ain't racing outdoors. He's still looking for his Achilles. So if Eli was out here, he'd probably be going through the same thing. Actually, I don't think he he would be going to the same thing. He might just be at a different level and he's gotten used to it. Where I feel like a friend is being off on a motorcycle and considering a couple of his crashes, it makes sense why he's a little hesitant on that. So they'll fix it. And I do believe once they fix that, um, he'll get better. And this weekend, changing subjects a little bit, this weekend when I watched Jet Lawrence, I actually felt like he could have been beat this weekend. I, re- I really do. And we were talking about it on the broadcast. There's a fine line between um, being dominant to when you say, I watched that guy. There's no way he can lose to watching that guy. If the circumstances, everything the way it is, and he keeps riding like he is, there's no way he can lose. That's kind of what we see with Jet Lawrence. And I'll explain that a little bit. I think us, the way his, his riding style and how technically is, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It makes it look like he's doing it super easy. Well, I can tell you it's not. It's not doing it easy. It's not like he's just like, oh, just go like two seconds faster and eat a donut right now. That's not what he's doing. But he's able to ride at a pace that is really comfortable for him, that's fast enough for him, and that the fact is when he's in practice, the track is a little bit smoother. You know, he's, he's got more traction, so his talent and his technique, like he can actually ride a motorcycle two, fat, two seconds faster than all these guys. Like when, when the track is legit and he doesn't have to worry about it and it's really just him riding, yeah, he can go two seconds faster. But when the track breaks down, and the reason I said he could have been beat this weekend is because that track was, it was tough. And you, if you notice, Jet Lawrence came in a few corners standing up, everything's perfect, and he might lose the front, or that thing might chatter and it bounce, and he almost tuck. That, to me, is where I say he's, he's actually trying. And there's a difference between trying to go fast to where trying to like, like race and, and stay up and win this race. And I believe Jet Lawrence was in that spot. You know, he wasn't trying to go the fast as he could because I don't think he could do that. He couldn't run that pace that he did. He couldn't be two seconds faster than those guys, at least safety, um, safe and not falling. And so I know Jet is better than everybody else. And at this moment, with Dylan Fernandez struggling, trying to get a feel, Cooper Webb getting back, AC getting back, I think the gap makes it look a lot more dominant than it really is. And before y'all even say anything, the people that the reason I said I believe Jet could have lost this weekend, the guys that could have beat him aren't here. They're not here. So I don't think Jet was going to lose or those guys had him this weekend. I just look at the what I see from him and I notice his, his interview. Um, it's not as easy as what everybody else outside of Jet Lawrence is saying. Jet Lawrence ain't saying it's easy. Like You don't hear him saying when JT asked him, like, are you basically playing around with these guys? Could you go faster? He didn't go, yeah. Yeah, I'm just messing around because he knows like he's he's young and it's a lot more difficult than him, even if it is easy and he's able to to win. It's not it's not like he's just toying around with these guys because no one wants to ride with three seconds, three seconds. But what Jet is doing is on tracks like this 
um, and same thing with Paula last weekend, a three second lead at Hangtown is like 10 seconds somewhere else. And the reason it is because the track slowed down and you can override it. So having AP, Dylan Fernandez, having their level, they have to be all in hitting stuff perfect to ride at where Jet is. And Jet might be more comfortable like doing it or it might be an easier pace for Jet to stay and do every lap because overall, like he's fast than those guys. Those guys have to hit lap and hit the corners, hit every mark, which makes them take chances. That's why AP slid out this weekend. That's why they make mistakes. But then when you look at the overall gap, it's not like two seconds in practice. Um, this track, ultimately, they can't go a second faster. So having three seconds, having four seconds five seconds with Jet, knowing that those guys, their their lap time ain't going to go from a 2.12 to a 2.10 flat to 2.10 to 2.10. They don't have that speed. So Jet can run 2.11s, 2.12s, and then, hey, they close up a little bit. He can take that chance, that lap, and go to a 2.10.5, and then he'll pull that gap. And then it's like, damn. So that's why I say like three seconds for him is like 10. Uh, but also when he goes down to that speed, the 2.10, it ain't easy. You know, he does make mistakes. It, it, it is something that is difficult for him. That's why he doesn't run there the whole time. So Jet is mastermind at, at the situation, knowing his competition, knowing their weaknesses. And I think this is where Jet is dominant at is because he realizes AP ain't going to go two seconds faster. Dylan Friendis ain't going to go two seconds faster. Cooper Webb ain't going to do that. So I'm going to ride a little bit slower than I do in practice and be more comfortable because I feel like if I run those two tens, I probably gonna hit the ground because it ain't as easy as I make it look. I'm just that damn good. So two twelves is comfortable. It's fast enough. And I feel like this, I make mistakes, but I can stay up doing this. I got to go to a two ten. Well, I can do that. But if I had to do it, you know, 30 minutes or I had to be all in, I don't know. If somebody else like Chase Sexton could go two seconds faster, Chase Sexton could make him go that fast. And then that's where I feel like you can figure it out and, and we'll find out how easy it is. And before y'all say anything about last weekend, Chase Sexton was the faster rider. And I also said that track, it, it slowed Chase down. It almost contained him. You know, where he was fast at, he would catch Jet. But those slower parts where Jet's really good is those tight sections, and you got to be patient. Chase was overriding because he overrode through that situation in that spot because Jet was better than him, and he would lose too much time to when he got to those fast times, uh, fast sections. He had to, he would just catch him and then lose time. So this weekend, that track was set up differently, and even though you can override this racetrack, the lines and and I believe Chase would have been better at this racetrack, and here he would have had a better chance. And it's coulda, woulda, shoulda. I'm not saying Chase would have beat him. I'm not saying that Jet ain't going to go 20 and 2 and 0 because maybe he will. But what I'm saying is that the gap ain't as big as everybody looks. And I'm giving Jet props at what he's doing because it is hard. He's making it look easy, which just shows how good that kid is. But it is not. And he's saying it's not. Everyone else says that except for Jet Lawrence because he knows. Johnny Yo doesn't say that. That's why he says, oh, I'm not him. I'm, I'm happy, but I'm, I'm not shocked. This kid is good, but Johnny knows that it is hard doing what he's doing. So you just got to give that uh, credit to Jet Lawrence. Um, but these guys, Dylan Fernandez, and when some of these other guys come in, I believe all isn't lost. 
we're not watching a guy that's going to just go 22 and oh, even if he starts there last, he's just going to run. It would look like it on paper when you put his lap times in practice, but he can't do that. You know, if he did, Jet wouldn't mess around with three seconds. He, why, why look back? You just have plus 30. I never looked back because I had plus 30. I also had negative one minute when I busted my ass. You know, like Jet, when you, Jet rides like he's nervous because, hey, they're still there. I wish I could pull a bigger gap, but doing that, it's going to put me in a situation I don't want to be in. And so I know they ain't going to go faster, so I'm going to go fast to where, wherever it needs to be done because I'm more comfortable. I know I won't hit the ground this way or there's less likelihood. So it's perfect. He's doing a good job. So maybe that's why it looks easy along with his riding style. But Jet knows, I know, and that us fans should appreciate what the kid's doing is hard. It is hard for him. He's not playing with those guys, um, and that's why he's focused every week in and week out. Cooper Webb and AP. I thought Cooper Webb rode great. That second moto, his bike looked better. And I was talking to Wygant before the, the day started. And I was looking at the track and I was like, I think Cooper's going to struggle today. I actually think he's going to struggle. Just the way the KTM looks, it looks a little rigid on the beginning, like it looks stiff. And thinking about Supercross, the reason they wanted to go from the 2020 JS, that fat sucker to the 23 because they needed a little bit more flex they needed thing to move a little bit more a little double d effect and so looking at his bike coming in and that first moto yeah he struggled the guys took off from him couldn't do nothing and i know cooper he's probably pissed and they went back and they changed it because that second moto his bike looked better now they were riding on the ice ring like it was so slippery that i believe that's it helped them it helped a guy like cooper webb stay really close to jet lawrence and when it did that, he got more confidence. He got more confidence. And then Cooper's chest was getting bumped out. And then he tried his best to hang on to his AP, which AP is the fastest second guy right now. Like AP is the guy. And AP couldn't get around Cooper. Then he did. And he actually started closing with Chase. And then he fell. He did a donut, broke his clutch off. But Cooper wouldn't even let him by. And then he wouldn't let uh, Ferrandez by. He kept riding. And all that was because they made his bike better. And that he saw Jet Lawrence like right there. And it was just giving him confidence. So even though it was a track that was making that close, it was helping Cooper just like it does with Danger Boy. And it's ultimately going to make us better, uh, make it better for the end of the season, I believe, for that guy. So it was just cool watching that and knowing. And I was saying that I think Cooper's laughing under his helmet. And then he came on the podium. He was like, oh, man, I suffer. And I was like, when the last time you ever seen Cooper Webb that happy for a second place ever? Uh, I'm so pumped. You know, it's uh, incredible what a, what a seven days can do. You know, I, I uh, last week thought I was going to get lap second moto. This weekend I could at least see the leaders. So, uh, man, it was nice. Ever. And it's because he knows I'm, I'm getting something. I'm, I'm getting something. I'm, I'm gaining. I'm gaining. But he also knows right now I can't beat that dude. Like, I know I can't beat that dude. But I'm going in the right direction. And if a guy like Cooper Webb is going in the right direction, then he always has a chance. I believe if Cooper rode like that and he felt like that's all he had and he got beat by 30 seconds, I don't think he'll finish the year. You know, or he'll start getting like 10th because Cooper ain't that tight. Cooper's in it to win it. And so any little confidence and any improvement with him, then Dylan Ferrandez got a problem. AP's got a problem. Jet ain't got one yet. But it was it was really Nice to see that um, from all those guys. They're all really close, but Cooper Webb was the biggest improver this weekend, especially that second moto. So, I mean, he might go next weekend and get beat by a minute. You know, I still think 
him to Jet Lawrence, that's a that's a speed thing. That's a speed separation. If Cooper was getting second and it was like that, then I'd be like, oh yeah, Jet probably he was playing with him because there's a speed difference like on there. But AP and Ferrandez, they they can have somewhat of a burst of speed and they're a little bit quicker than Cooper. When even if the bike's not right, they just quicker than Cooper right now. I don't know how long that's gonna last, but overall. It's it's not easy, but I was pumped to see what Cooper did. It was suffering. AC, you gotta keep digging. I know it's frustrating. You just gotta keep digging. You just gotta. You can't let the privateers come in there. They they can't get you, bro. I don't care. No arms, nothing. You know you know that. So they're doing good. And shout out to Freddie, the Sweden. Some of these guys in the back, man. They were they were riding legit. They were riding legit. It's cool to see. But overall, people, it was a good race. It was a boring as hell race, really boring. But if you're a fan of the sport, which we all are, it ain't that because we get a chance to watch and dissect these guys. And I actually have a lot of hope. And the reason I wanted to talk about Jet Lawrence and talk about the difference from, you know, AP and all those guys, because I don't want you turning off TV. Like, I don't want you feeling like kids doing it way too easy that he's just going to JS them or RC them. He's going to just run through them. He might end up doing that. But it's a lot closer than what you think. So continue to watch this thing because as boring as he makes it look and his riding style is so damn good. And it's not like a Jeremy Martin. It's not even like JS. You can't even really tell that dude's going fast. It might make it look like it's easy, but it ain't. And so when these guys figure it out, other guys come back, they'll give him a challenge and he knows that. But I also believe he's going to get better too. Like I do believe he'll get better. And maybe if we end up in this spot you know, a month from now, and if he wins the next five, six races, then he might be playing with him because he's going to get better. He's going to be better next year, and then it'd be a whole different thing. But right now, they still got a chance. They racing like it. They just got to, you know, figure it out. But until then, it's going to be a red show, just like his brother in the 250 class. He knows what he has to do. He knows what he has to do. His brother's got to deal with that pesky rookie. He's got to deal with this old Frenchman, Dylan ain't all, but he's got to deal with those other guys, those mentality guys, that those guys that just wheel them way to go fast. He's got to deal with that, but he's got too much speed for him. He's got too much speed. I ain't bringing out the donuts. Just like last moto, I'm not even throwing a fist pump until the check of flags is second moto. And you want to know that I know he, it's hard for him. He bought, broke his damn arm off again, that second moto. Like he's pumped. It ain't easy. I just make it look easy. I make it look easy. And I know people, that's all I do is win just like my brother, but I'm even more dominant than him. So Cole, like his brother, Jet, just like your brother, hit it for him, Cole. Suntan, next on fire. Burnt, burnt. Congratulations, kid. Dominant, dominant. But you just said it wasn't dominant. There's different types of dominance and you got it. Just looks different. Anyways, good job, kid. Brandis, find it. Find it. You got to feel it. Feel it. Cooper. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but whatever. AP, keep going, bro. AC, you better hold down for the factories. You better hold down. Just kidding. Not really. You're riding good. But you let you, 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 let you get chizzed out there, I'm going to have to pull your factory car, son. You too damn good. And even though you can't feel your arms or whatever is going on, by the way, I'm going to give a shout out to your, your team. Your bite looks good, dude. 
actually look your bike almost looks better than everybody else seriously it looks pretty good maybe because you're not going that speed nah it looks pretty damn good so i just want to give a shout out to the kawasaki team and wherever um baby daddy when you get cynthia back whenever she gets home what's her name called siggy 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 my bad siggy wants you back jason she wants to watch daddy on tv siggy says you need to get out the house she don't need you right now she needs mama she needs mama. She don't need you. You don't need to be home. You need to go out there and ride. Because when she does need you, then you can be back home. So Siggy wants you out. Siggy, Cynthia, and Barsha. Put a plate on it, man. Whatever. Whatever. I need Bam Bam back. I need him back. I know he'd be having fun out there. But overall, just kidding. But your bike looks good. Can't wait to see you back, homeboy. But until then, it's Jet Lawrence Show. It's the Lawrence Board Show. And it's going to be raining red until somebody else figured it out. Hopefully, Chase Sexton gets back. Hopefully, he's straight. That mono ain't no joke. It's hard. People, and I will say this, people, there was a lot of reasons they were saying, is Chase making an excuse before he got, because he got beat from Jet Lawrence? No, I'm going to just say that for you. I don't think Chase didn't race this weekend because he was worried about getting beat by Jet Lawrence. I don't. Now, Chase did fall last weekend. He opened them legs and he hit the ground. And then he had another one on Tuesday and he hit the ground. And I do believe Maybe because Jet Lawrence is so good, and if he knows he ain't that good, maybe it's, it's better just take a weekend off because I don't want to get beat by like 40 seconds. So although I say he ain't not racing because he's scared of Jet Lawrence, he might not went out there and race for them points because of Jet Lawrence out there because he is dominant and chases the winner. So he is your 450 Supercross champion, people. But I don't think Chase is faking at all an injury. And I don't think he just made up the mono because he's scared to go race that dude. Uh, you know, hey, I used to like the same thing with me, man. And as you get in your later in your career, you start liking those where Adam is. He's the fifth place. But if I can't win, I don't want to be there. So I do believe Chase is at that situation, which is if he knows I got to be all in it to beat my teammate. And if I can't win, I don't want to be there. Maybe that's part of where Jet comes in there. But he did fall. He did hurt. I got that from the inside source, not from Chase himself, but somebody really close to him that said he wasn't right. He wasn't right. So he did the right decision. So people, shut up. Shut up. He ain't out there not racing because he's scared of that kid. But he probably didn't go out there and race because of that kid. Anyways, people, y'all know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite times. Oakley, Stu, and Stu. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? It's your boy, JS7. And y'all see my Bubba's House shirt? This is Bubba's House. Funny fact, I just went into Waffle House earlier today with the shirt on. They actually gave me a free waffle. Not really. Nothing's free in Florida. Nothing's free anywhere like them damn airlines. But they were looking at me like funny. So make sure you get your Bubba House shirt like I was rocking in the Waffle House today. You got June 13th to order those things. And after that, you might not be able to get it. So Bubba House. Your house, my house, Waffle House. Make sure you order a shirt, June 13th. They say an object in motion tends to stay in motion. We test that idea on a daily basis. 
motion and experimentation, motors and manpower, we continue to evolve and thrive. So whether you climb or cross over, find your own line or pin it wide open, as long as you're moving in a way that gives you what you need, we'll be here for you. Hey guys, what's up? It's James Stewart. As you guys know, Athletic Greens is a proud partner of our show. They've been a sponsor of this for a while. It's a nutritional drink that supports the immune system. With 75 high quality ingredients that gives me the key to daily nutrients and long-term gut health, they have good travel packs that I take with me on the road. And I took it this weekend, which I needed, which gives me energy and helps my immune system because I'm flying all over the place, can get sick a lot. AG1 helped me with that. And for, I mean, it's only $3 a day. So it's a good deal if you ask me. If a solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a one-year supply of free vitamin D and five travel packs. So make sure you go to athleticgreens.com slash bubblesworld. Did you hear me? Athleticgreens.com slash bubblesworld. Go check it out, peeps. All right, people, you know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time, Oakley's Stewed and Stewed. Now, what we do every weekend, it's no secret. I don't even know why I say the same thing. You know what a stew is. God, it just does it better than everybody else. A stupendous job. Like Jet Lawrence, it could look so damn boring, and it ain't. It could look so damn easy, but it ain't. Which I confuse all you guys, and I know it ain't that segment, but it's I fool you, which is a stew. Make something look so hard, make it look so damn easy, like them quads some days. Only reason I jumped three, jumped four, really, because I was scared of jumping two. There was a reason for it. But that's a stupendous job on my part. And I feel like the guy that's on this, the first one on this, is him himself, Jet Lawrence. You a stew. I don't have to explain anything. I don't have to explain nothing. It looks like a default stew. Because it looks like you just plan. It looks like it's easy. And I don't like giving things that just look too damn easy. But I know how hard it is. And I know how dominant you are. Even though I just said you wasn't as dominant and you could have been beat this weekend. But there was a reason why I said that. But the reason why I said it was nobody at that racetrack that was going to do that. I don't even know where they at. They might not even exist. But you know I know you just uh, stew. So look here. Jet Lawrence, dominant. They need to say anything else. You a stew. And then your brother, same thing. Hunter. Hunter's riding with more aggressiveness. Hunter's riding with more authority. That's because he knows he's feeling dangerous on there. You get this rookie up there. That rookie might go crazy. Might go crazy. He's got his crazy dad. Dude known to launch a motorcycle. Dude known to do a backflip. Dude known to ride trucks. So it's something in that family, they, they, just, they just want it. They just winners. And you know you got that in there. But you just do what you do, and what you do is always win, and it just looks so easy. It looks like you playing around. You know, you're not even worried about lap times. You know how fast Mr. Cooper is, but you also know he, he might not get a start, so I might have to worry. And if I have to do it, I'll, 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 I'll break him. So you know what to do, and you just won. So Hunter Lawrence, you a stew. And then also, I'm going to give a shout-out, another stew, to Danger Boy. Now, look, I know he didn't win the overall. And I usually don't leave that list on there for guys. I mean, guys might win the overall and not win. I throw them in the default. And I usually don't throw guys in there that don't win, that does win, but don't win. No, it's not that segment yet. But Danger Boy, yes, you won. And you were good. And you should have wore dominant. And I'm not putting you on this stew list because of that. I'm putting you on the stew list because you said you wanted to break that dude on the gate. 
You said you wanted to break them on the party. You're like, I yeah, I know. I was look, man. I'm young. I got nervous. I know I'm faster when it comes down. I know I'm dangerous on there. I know I'm more in shape. But man, I got nervous first time doing it. But this punk came up to me and he thought he was gonna say, "I want to break him," and I just broke him. So and then makes it makes it even a stew more. It's because the dude came out there and basically said that. So he was like, ah, yeah, I couldn't do nothing, man. Damn, I hope I beat him off the gate next time. I don't know. But that makes you a stew. Not because you won that race, because you said you were going to break that dude. That was awesome. So, Danger Boy, you a stew. All right, people, my next list. Stewed. Pissed off. Pissed off because what? You've been struggling on the stars and then you get a start and you fall off and you hurt yourself? Nope, because that wouldn't make you stew. J-Mart, man, get well, son. Get well. You're probably confused because you're like, damn, I don't know what to do. But all I know is I actually am not confused because my wrist is messed up. JS knows how that feel happened to me when I was a, uh, in amateurs. I fell in the whoops at Lake Whitney. Guy ran over my arm. Next thing I know, I looked at my arm. It was the same letter as my last name. It began with an S. And that ass ain't no good. And I know we stews and stew, but that's not the type of ass that you want. So, J-Mar, I feel you, son. That dude looked like Tomac in Denver. He was not even worried about that motorcycle. He ran over that arm. He felt that arm. And he was like, you better not, you, you better not, you better not even talk to me about thinking about that motorcycle. Look at this. Tomac was like, look, look, it's not there. So that makes you stew? Nope. Maybe you are stew because somebody did ask you, like, hey, what happened at first? That's what I would do. Well, you couldn't do that because you ain't got no arm. It would just been flexion. But when I get it fixed, like Friday said, he tell me, shut up. I'd be quiet. But when he leave, I'd be talking again. Man, I got mind control over Debo. He'd be like, shut the fuck up. I'd be quiet. But when he leave, I'd be talking again. That's what you're going to do when you get your arm fixed. You're going to slap him for later. So, J-Mark, get well. But I don't even know who the hell is going to be on this list. I shit, I left my thought. I don't know. Like, J-Mark's not stewed. Joe Shimoda, I don't think he's stewed. AP, he ain't stewed. Like, I mean, he was actually pumped. He might have been mad at the track the first lap. But, look, there were a lot of lines on that racetrack last weekend. And same thing happened. Same results. I don't think it was track. AP, talking about the one line, I don't think anybody's pissed off, really. I mean, it was hot as hell out there, and I, I really believe everybody finished where they really finished that Jet 1. AP, he, I mean, his mind, he was good. He actually was good. Broke a clutch lever off. And this chariot, see, that's why you ride without a clutch, because I don't know how to start it. I don't know how to ride the bike without a clutch. Just saying, just saying, just saying on the... I might have fell earlier because I don't ride with a clutch, but hell, I wouldn't have been stuck where the AP was. I'd run, yeah, yeah. I don't need no clutch to ride. But anyways, so I don't think anybody was like stewed. So maybe they were confused or people was watching confused and maybe they're going to be confused. That's what I'm going cold. Got to be confused. I'm going to keep it short. There was a lot of confusing things I said today. It was like, like, I was like, damn, I don't think Jet Lawrence is dominant. Huh? I don't think like Jet Lawrence, he can go 22 and 0. Like, I don't think I'm watching a guy that can go 22 and 0. Even if he goes 22 and 0, like, I wouldn't be shocked. That's confusing as hell. Like, I'm like, oh, he's not way faster than those guys. But it, he, is he? Is he? He did go two seconds faster. 
it's a lot of confusing things, but I do feel like I explain it pretty damn well. And if I don't, if you don't like it, then maybe you'll be on stewed. But until then, it's just maybe a confusing that a lot of things that don't make no sense, but you listen to jazz and I explain it, then it makes sense. Otherwise, you just confuse just like this segment. So no one stewed might be confusing, but it ain't makes a lot of sense when you know. And until then, I just going to leave. So Jet Lawrence, you a stew. Uh, Hunter Lawrence, you a stew. I don't know why I even have to pause. I should know that. It's on auto repeat. And Hunter, see? And Danger Boy, you a stew, but not because you won. Because you said, you broke him. And then he said, I was broke. That makes you a stew. Until then, that was round 19 from round two in Hangtown. Where you saw the Red Lawrence Brothers. And we're going here up to the Mile High Stadium where Eli Tomac is not there. Maybe he'll be there to visit. He's still looking for that Keeley, just like Alex Martin is still up in Seattle, people, from last year. I'll see you guys up there. I'll be there again. And make sure I keep it one line. Racetrack, if it is. Not like I'm talking in the past. But until then, love it. Shout out to everybody. Have fun. It's TV stuff hard. It is hard. It is hard. So I did want to say one thing. I I do want to say this. People talk about RC and they say JS killed RC, whatever, whatever. You, RC's good, man. Like he's good. And I'm just saying this and Ricky didn't say anything. He's never said anything. He's been a pro. JS wouldn't be here if it wasn't for RC helping me, like getting better. He's give a shout out. And even though like, People might like to hear me better. People might like to hear him. We're just different. We say things different. So I just don't like the fact that if you feel like you got to say I'm good by saying he's bad, I don't like that. Like we both good in two different ways. So trust me, I appreciate it. I love it. Fans love it. Like hearing me. Some people like watching Sports Center. Some people like watching Undisputed. Doesn't matter. They're both your own stuff. We just say it differently. So felt like I just wanted to say that for RC, man. Appreciate it, bro. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Till then, I'll see you guys this weekend. That was round 19 from round two in Hangtown, where we're going to round 20, round three in Thunder Valley. Yeah, that's confusing the hell. Figure it out yourself. Until then, I'll see you when I see you.